Well, Angelo, uh, I want to appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today uh, here in the Final Cut Spoiler Room. I'm not sure what I'm going to tag this as yet, but uh, I thank you uh, for taking time. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, like I said, just yeah. running around like a chicken with its head cut off, but I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging in there and thank you for actually taking time and chatting with me as well. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I saw Bleeding Pages and being a gamer myself, both role-playing game and video games, um, I, I wanted to talk to you and looking up uh, stuff about uh, uh, Chiral Studios and and that. And yeah, I was just very curious. So uh, if you wouldn't mind giving my uh, listeners just a little bit about yourself and about uh, the studio uh, that you've started up with uh, your wife. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, I'm also a gamer. Uh, I have not actually uh, done, so I'm an actor. Uh, I was an actor first. I did a lot of stage acting and I did some film acting in college. And, um, but I love playing video games um, and I love playing tabletop games as well. But for me, making games is also, it's fun. And I also love, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. I love sci-fi stories. I love fantasy stories. I love stories in general. And so I started to realize that I had a passion for not only storytelling, but visual media uh, in high school. And I wanted to pursue that. And um, I didn't take a film. I took one film class in college, <laughs> but um, my parents were like supporting me through college. And so they said that, oh, if you're going to if you're going to go through college, we want you to do to have a practical degree. So I studied chemistry instead. But I still had that passion for telling stories and doing mm -hmm. visual media and performing. And so I, I had written scripts. I had gone through a lot of things. I've gone through, uh, like, again, doing shows in college. And I've always wanted to put together a production. And I... Um, like I said, I had a bunch of different scripts. The, the script for Bleeding Pages ended up something that was feasible because some of my other scripts are very, you know, like big budget and I didn't have that, right? I'm starting completely from scratch. And so I said to some of my friends, hey, let's put this together after I graduated. Let's put this together. Let's try to make a film. And this is what we ended up with. And throughout that process, of course, I also met my wife and our girlfriend, now wife, mm -hmm. and we got married and she is very supportive of a lot of my creative endeavors. And we decided to actually take a risk and actually create a studio and an umbrella brand, so to speak, to mm -hmm. put all of our uh, endeavors under. And so after we made the movie, we made the studio official and then we launched the movie as a way to like, hey, we are new at this. Mm -hmm. We are uh, amateur filmmakers, but we have a passion. Here's what we can do on a very low budget. Let's see where we can go from here. And so that's, this is where we are. Well, some of the, the best movies have spawned from just uh, folks wanting to try to make a film. So, you know, and I think people don't realize what all goes into it. So mad respect for you just uh, wanting to take on the endeavor and Bleeding Pages. Um, I was very impressed for it being your first feature for an indie film. Uh, what was it that made you want to, was it your passion for gaming and that, that made you kind of want to do a coming of age story based kind of around 
LARPing and role playing because usually when you get something like involving LARPing and role playing, it involves, you know, mazes and monsters or Dungeons and Dragons will take you to hell, you know, <laughs> and, right. and you, you would take a different approach with that, don't you? Yes. So um, this, the story for Bleeding Pages is actually somewhat of a third iteration, so to speak. Mm. Um, so it's, I, I wrote a script back in college that reflected my insecurities about growing up. And there were, you know, because in college you're spoiled, right? Like yeah. you, you have some freedoms, but you're constantly surrounded by your friends. You have the support group all the time. And I, as I was approaching graduation, I was having fears about what am I going to do with my life, right? Like they're going to mm -hmm. cut the leash. Like I need to find careers. I need to do stuff. I don't know if the friends that I'm with right now are going to stick around. And so uh, I wrote a script about some people who, uh, they weren't necessarily LARPers and I've mm -hmm. never, I'll, I'll be frank, I've never LARPed. It's fascinated me. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that there's a very specific structure to the way games are played. Sure. But to me as an actor, I just like the idea of role playing and mm -hmm. taking on a persona and doing that. And so I wrote the story about uh, some college students who uh, hit a regressive period in their life where they're like, I just want to be a kid, right? Like, mm -hmm. I just want to have some fun before I have to be an adult. And I chose the medium of like them putting together these cheap looking costumes, because again, it was within our budget. It was something that like, this isn't a full LARPing experience. This mm -hmm. is just people, a close group of friends trying to hold on to their relationship and making do with what they have because that's all that they know how to do and even though i wrote that for the from the perspective of college students when i graduated college uh, i didn't really have the cast and crew to be mm -hmm. able to put that together but i did find a wonderful group of talented kids uh, who were at my church and those are the kids that uh, were in what would become the version of Bleeding Pages that was the final mm -hmm. product. And so because they were in high school, I changed some of the story beats to fit more of that high school setting, mm -hmm. but still similar sentimentalities of wanting, like, you know, being scared to grow up, being scared to be a kid. And I also thought it justified that, for example, like their costume choices a little bit more. Um, for example, like when you look at Eric, uh, the, the king, which mm -hmm. was me. Um, <laughs> of course. Why, you know, you're going to make a movie. You might as well make yourself king, right? <laughs> well, actually, I wasn't supposed to be originally. Oh, okay. Uh, I had a friend uh, mm -hmm. who was cast. He was both my assistant director, but also he was going to play Eric. Sure. And, uh, but before we started, right after we just wrapped, uh, was it pre-production and before we like about a week before we started principal photography he had to back out because of some family mm. issues and i'm thinking mm. i need to find someone to replace him fast but also to be able to have a relationship with the kids and i thought well i wrote the story i know kid i know eric and i know the kids sure. so let me just go ahead and fill the role um, but yeah, when you look at his outfit, like clearly it's much more decked out, it's much more ornate mm -hmm. and he's has more experience with it. Whereas the kids that he's with, like, they don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to have fun. Um, 
And yeah. so, yeah, my I wanted to tell this coming of age story, mm -hmm. not necessarily as a way of, I didn't want people to take away from this that role playing is bad or playing make believe is bad or mm -hmm. that it's dangerous or anything like that. Um, to me, the more important part of the story is the interpersonal reaction or interpersonal um, interreactions with the kids, mm -hmm. their friendship, and how they deal with their issues. And this, this aspect of their life of role playing and having fun and playing these games is a coping mechanism, but it's also, uh, it helped them become who they are, right? Right. I, I even told the kids that when we were going through pre-production and stuff, like this is something that is not evil and it's not good, right? Like it's neutral, mm -hmm. it's a tool. It's supposed to be for you to have fun. It's supposed to be for you to understand yourself a little bit more, but just with any form of escapism, whether it's like media or books or games or stuff, like people get carried away. <laughs> um, and I wanted to explore that. Well, and, and I, I, you know, that's what surprised me with it. And that's what I liked about it was the fact that you showed how uh, the individuals used it in different ways. Because I think when we get role playing game movies, uh, they usually there's like this blanket, like everybody has kind of the same motivation for playing, but you have that in here to where you have one person who they're going to have to go into the military and, and they're trying, they've got this legacy and they're having trouble dealing with that. So the RPG game uh, helps them escape. Another person comes from a very serious, uh, you know, abusive family, basically member. And he tries to use that to channel it. So he doesn't go off the rails. And, you know, I liked how, how you had the different aspects to where it's not a blanket everybody is a you know they're all in this to escape their life everybody is getting something different out of this the king you're you're writing a story basically you're, you're creating a story uh, uh that you want to tell and they're helping you create that through writing in the book uh which i love the idea of the book uh, was that always in uh, your version of the different stories? Was, was the book was, you know, kind of that constant of, of uh, kind of handing off and where all the story was written down or did that get worked into it later? Uh, yes. So the book, uh, the book was always part of the story ever since my first iteration in college. Um, when I reflect on all of my previous stories that I've written, mm -hmm. um, at least from that part of my life, I had a lot of stories that revolved around themes of blending realities. Mm -hmm. And to me, a book is very, is very symbolic of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I always think there's something mystical about books, right? Like just holding them. Mm -hmm. And of course, like when you look at fantasy stories, like there's spell books and like books of like ancient tomes and history, mm -hmm. like there's so much that could be taken from a book. Um, but yeah, that was always part of it. And uh, I, I like the idea of books like capturing and freezing a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And that's what the, the, the Eric, the king does is that mm -hmm. he uses it to, to freeze moments in time. But what you do with those frozen moments is you know, right. indicative of your character from there. And and it also served as a good uh, like a representation of handing off the story 
which I kind of felt you were trying to go for. And maybe I was, you know, pulling, you know, not getting the right thing, but I, I felt what I got from it is when uh, the king, yourself, you hand the book off to, uh, it was Eric, I think it was, you know, to, to continue the story, you kind of have that visual and that representation of passing the torch kind of growing up. And now, now it's your story to tell. And him struggling with that, I thought was also a good way of saying, hey, you're struggling trying to write your own story in real life too. Cause I think we all had that, especially uh, at that age. Um, at least that's the way I felt about it. Uh <laughs> right. Um, like I said, I put a lot of uh, mm -hmm. value into stories. I love storytelling. So, um, so with, uh, with your storytelling, uh, what was, what was kind of your, when you were starting this, because you, as you mentioned, you were first starting out, what was like the first big roadblock that you hit or big challenge that you had to kind of overcome with this uh, story? Uh, you mentioned the cast, but uh, in, in the production, when you started to get to principal photography, what was one of your biggest challenges? Uh, you mean in Bleeding Pages particularly or like the, the precursor? In, in Bleeding Pages particularly. Uh, in Bleeding Pages, so all of the actors are first-time actors except myself sure. uh, and some of the other adults that are in the background. Except for the guy, Sam, who plays Jack, mm -hmm. the bard. So he actually did some shows with his high school. And so he's had stage performance, but none of them have ever had any film uh, performance. And so the first day, I remember the very first day on set was very difficult because no one knew what they were doing. And, you know, when I tell kids, I was like, hey, we're going to make a movie. Everyone's like, yeah, that sounds so much fun. Let's, let's go do this. But you get to the set and it's a lot of hurry up and wait, right? Mm -hmm. Or everyone get in just awkward right. positions just so we can get the right camera angle or we can put the, the lights in the right place. So the very first day of filming, uh, we were shooting the, the card scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were shooting the card scene and also parts of Eric during his drunken antics. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was about a six to eight hour day. And it was just grueling because mm -hmm. we had to set up the lighting equipment. We had to do multiple takes, just trying to get it right. Because again, everyone was trying to, you know, find their footing, trying right. to figure out how they're going to act. Um, and even like in pre-production, I we did some training. I went, worked with kids to just be like, here's some techniques, here's what you can do, here's you know some basic philosophies of film acting. But I was scared. I was scared that first day, and I'm thinking, <laughs> man, they're not. We're not going to finish this, right? right. I'm, I'm willing to tough this out because I know this is part of the process. But everyone else who thought they were going to have a blast this summer uh <laughs> shooting an awesome movie they're they're like this is awful why would anyone want to do this uh but luckily everyone's everyone tough it out we mm -hmm. we did we filmed two days every week six to eight hour days uh, and some inside some outside and looking back and I, i've talked to the to the kids uh, about this too is we had a lot of fun mm -hmm. at the time we didn't realize it it was it was grueling work but when we look back at those moments, I thought, man, that was that was fun. I kind of want to do that again, right? <laughs> it, it, it always seems to be kind of a consistent with uh, filmmaking is that 
the experience seems to be excruciating, but you look back on it fondly and you go, man, I can't wait to do it again. Uh <laughs> right. And I, I honestly, that's the way I am with almost all productions. Like when I did stage productions too, mm -hmm. right. When show week comes around, you're just like, I just want to, everyone's excited for opening night, right? Everyone's right. good for opening night, whatever. Um, dress rehearsal is awful just because you've run the show so many times and you're tired of it over and over and you're hot in your costume and everyone's stressed but then after like three or four shows mm -hmm. you're like okay we've done the show but we still have like three or four more to go and i'm just tired like <laughs> i just i'm done i just yeah. don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and then after the last show you all go to the cast party and i thought this was fun <laughs> you know a miserable part of it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, you know, and and that's that's what filmmaking is all about. I mean, you you actually enjoy it. I I know I've got a couple projects to where I work, you know, on them, and then I, I was done. I'm like, oh, I mean, they weren't exactly films, but they're like, oh, that was okay. But you've stared at the footage for so long. Did you do the editing as well? Yes, for, um, so... I am not an editor. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have respect for anyone who does editing and specifically anyone who does animation sure the, all those scenes in like act four where mm -hmm. like i'm mixed playing with the colors i had to animate that frame by frame mm -hmm. and that was so grueling um i sat on that for months i was just like mm -hmm. i don't want to do this i don't want to do this uh but even just cutting a movie together I, so this isn't technically, this isn't my first uh, production. I actually mm -hmm. did a web series with some friends in high school um, and we put that together. So I had some experience like trying to run a production, but this sure. is the first time I've done it as an adult and actually <laughs> right. like, trying to manage things like that. So I've edited before and I was scared going into Bleeding Pages. I was scared about my pacing. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing and hardest thing for me to understand because there's like three levels of pacing, right? There's the pacing of the story, the, you know, the order right. in which mm -hmm. the events happen. There's the pacing of the performances. So how a person says it, when they say it, and like how everyone else in the room dances around them. And there's the pacing of the cuts. And so when I was editing this movie, I was like, does this feel right? And there were certain times when I just had to leave it alone because like you said, you rewatch it over and over again. And you're like, I think this is good, but I think I've trained myself to think this is good. <laughs> and so I had to like, let it go for a week, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes a month or so. Then I come back to it. I'm like, okay, I, I see where I needed to like it change the clip here a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, where you have it changed color though looked really good. So your your hard work paid off, I will say, because uh, well, when you. You, when you change when you change to that to the color, first off, I, I always love the visual uh, impact that has when you change when when a film changes, you know, color or visuals. And uh, when you have that there, it just it gives a different impact. And I really enjoyed that, but it looked good. So so your 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 hard work and animation paid off. So oh, thank you. That was. <laughs> Oh man, I still, I, I don't know if anyone's ever really satisfied with their final product, but sometimes when I rewatch it, I still see the little flaws mm -hmm. and I'm sure anyone with a keen eye can as well. It's like, oh, I can see where, you know, they didn't feather the, the mask right or sure. something like that. And so, well, but thank you. 
yeah well I, in in just having talked to other uh, filmmakers i can let you know that no one i think is ever like quite completely happy with their project they could always do more but i think one uh one filmmaker Corey Adler, told me once he's like you know at one point you just pick it you're done you put the film out there and it's no longer yours you just you just give it to the world and it's theirs and you move on because otherwise you might never release the film because you'll just keep you know playing with it i uh, almost fell into that trap yeah. uh, very much so i sat on the movie mm -hmm. for about a year after we um wrapped and so i definitely i, I can relate to that there was a point where I was like, I just need to get this out there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I don't want to rush anything. I don't want right. to do it, make it look like a rush job. And the hard part, too, is that um, you have your footage. You have mm -hmm. to make do with what you took, right? Unless right. you're going back and reshooting some parts, you have to deal with the, uh, mm -hmm. the cards that you're dealt, right? Especially when you're working with teens and kids because within a six month period, they look very different. They do. <laughs> um, even, so we shot the film relatively chronologically. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was in order of the way it was written in the script as well as um, by location. So sometimes mm -hmm. like if some of the scenes were around the same area, but different parts of the script, we're like, we're already here, let's just shoot it because it's sure. filmed in the same location. But if you if you pay attention when you watch the movie their hair grows <laughs> yeah and there are certain times where i'm like we can't we can't do a reshoot because mm -hmm. mcgregor's hair is too long or sam's hair is too long the girls are fine right they all yeah. they had long hair we can we can play around with that but the boys specifically i'm like their hair is too long we have to move on <laughs> we can't do it <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think some people realize, don't realize that either, that those challenges, you don't have like some studios where you can go reshoot or uh, I mean, it happened with A Quiet Place 2. It's supposed to take place right after the events of Quiet Place 1, but they shot it like a year later and the young boy had a growth spurt during that time. <laughs> And if you look at it now, they tried to shoot it better, but he's nowhere near the small kid he was in the first one. Right. Um, I think I witnessed that, or I started realizing that myself when I yeah. watched uh, Once Upon a Time. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I used uh -huh. to really love the show, but then I got frustrated with it. But the the little boy Henry, right? Like, you know, between seasons, it's only been sometimes a couple months, maybe right. uh, a couple weeks but they're shooting within years apart. And I'm like, this kid's growing up a lot faster than you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, all those factors come into, uh, you know, filmmaking and that, but uh, for your first uh, out of the gate, uh, Bleeding Pages, I think uh, is definitely, it, it's got that indie spirit. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you've got it out on your YouTube channel now, correct? Uh, for people yeah. to watch? Yes, it's free to watch. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not perfect, um, but I do take quite a bit of pride in it because like you said, this is their first time. And it was a lot of everyone on cast and crew's first time. And I think they did a phenomenal job. I may be a little biased, <laughs> but I, I do watch it. I'm like, I see the flaws. There are certain, mm -hmm. definitely certain things that I wish that if we had more time, because mm -hmm. we shot in about two and a half months, um, 
like I wish there were certain scenes that we could have added, have a little right. bit more interactions or like something like that. Um, just flesh them out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with what we had, I think it was good. And it's free to watch because uh, when we started it, it was just, hey, we're going to do this for fun, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I didn't even conceive of Cairo Studios till after we wrapped. And so I'm like, we're just doing this for fun, not trying to profit or anything. But then I was like, oh, I want to I want to keep doing projects like this. And sure. I want to I paid for this movie. I paid everything out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And so when I do future projects, I'm like, I'd like to do a Kickstarter or maybe get some investors or do something like that. But before then, I need to get my name out. So right. that's when I thought, all right, I'll make Carol Studios. We'll release the movie for free no one we're not going to profit from this movie whatsoever this is just kind of to showcase like hey on a three thousand dollar budget here's what we can do mm -hmm. if you'd like to see us do cooler projects you know <laughs> later down the line we'd be happy to you know take <laughs> some uh contribution and and you could even do video game tie-ins correct because you're a game designer as well Yes, I am a game designer. Um, I'm, I've been working. So after Lady Pages, I was working on a video game. Um, so we are hopefully going to be announcing that soon. We have a proof of concept demo mm -hmm. ready to go. And we're just working on the marketing stuff right now to get that out. But it is a 2D Zelda-esque game with some roguelite elements. Um, that I've been working on for some time. Nice. And yeah, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a multimedia world. So now you can uh, do all kinds of things to tie th uh, stuff together. It doesn't just have to be a movie. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on deck. You got any uh, film projects coming up or interesting that you maybe want to uh, tease a little? Uh, anything that uh, in the hopper? Um, specifically, yes and okay. no. Oh, well, so <laughs> we... Sure. I have a friend. Um, mm -hmm. He wants to collaborate with me on a project. Cool. And he and I have been sitting down, bouncing mm -hmm. ideas back and forth. And we were going to try out... We want to do a short film. So it was a 20 to 40 minute short film. And we had something that we thought that we could try to pull off this summer. But this summer, as you can tell, has been already swamped. And we're yeah. thinking, no, it's probably not going to be the summer. We're going to try and film it this December oh. and get something out by then. Mm -hmm. So in terms of films, uh, we are working on a short film. Awesome. Well, that's that's great to hear. And uh, where can people find out more about stuff and projects that you're working on and uh, along that lines, follow follow what you're doing so they don't miss out? Right. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram and we have our website, Chiral Studios, which is C-H-I-R-A-L studios.com. And we have a project page that you can see like all, everything that we have worked on and anything that we're making teasing or about to release um so if you would like to follow us on facebook or on instagram chiral studios that's the best way to keep track of all of our new endeavors 
Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to to your new endeavors, and I, I'm glad we could get a chance to talk. I know you have a full a full slate today yet for yourself, uh, which is good. And but I, I appreciate you uh, taking a visit and here in the spoiler room and that and and, and talking to us. And uh, for your next project when it comes out, uh, even if it's a short film, I'd be happy to talk to you again on it. Um, sure thing. I yeah, like I said, thank you very much for uh, just. <laughs> taking your time chatting with a, you know, an amateur like me. So oh, you're not anymore. You've got a film out now. It's, it's no longer an amateur. You're a filmmaker. You've got one out, which is more than a lot of people do. So, you know, I mean, the fact you completed one, got it out there uh, and completed a story is more than, than some people ever uh, can get the strength for. So uh, yeah, I, I hope you uh, can uh, keep keep rolling and uh, even have more success. So we'll uh, put a link for all your stuff in the body uh, message of this podcast and uh, also feature it on the uh, web page for this podcast as well. So okay, thank you. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you very much, Angelo. Uh, and uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, Mark. Thank you.